Hello everyone, and welcome to the Amory Score. I'm Jackson, I am joined as always by Molly. Hi! Hey! We have a friend here. Our friend Hannah's here! Hi, your friend Hannah's here. Hannah, welcome back. Hannah, welcome Thank back to you. the podcast! Two-time returning champion. That's right. The only Code and Carrier podcast, you're back. There's nowhere else that'll happen. <laughs> There's nowhere else to talk about Coheed and Cambria. So, okay, wait. That means that I have guested on Coheed and Cambria podcasts more than anyone else in the world. That's, That's true. true. That oh, is true. Wow. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. We're, we're happy to have you. Um, Boy, a lot going on this week. Uh, it sure is. Does anyone? I mean, we've got we've got the usual segments. Does anyone have anything else? Anything? What, there's no cruise, like you know. Yeah, we already talked about. It. There's no coheed news. Yeah, they're still preparing for their cruise. They're presumably doing shows and will eventually do an album in two years. Like it's not, <laughs> bro. If there's not an album out, what did it did is was Vaxis 2018 or last year? It was 2018, I, right? End of 2018. I think it was 2018. Let's go, oh, fucking album it? this year. Let's go. Was that long? It, yeah, it was 2018. Album this year. Let's fucking album go. Album this year. <laughs> In fact, this is meant to be nine acts long or whatever the fuck it is. I think it's it's, Isn't it another five acts? He's. Uh, it's five. It is five albums total. Vaxis is. So we got four more to go. Apparently. Apparently. So they say. By the way, uh, because the Coheed cycle is that he records an album, he goes on tour. And then he records another album about how sad it is that he has to go on tour. <laughs> yes. I'm really hoping that the next time he does this, it's all boat-themed. Like, he's, <laughs> he's really sad about having to go on the cruise. Wait, no! Chandra's no, gonna be there! Is this yeah, his the solution? Is this how he wins? Oh my god! Okay, uh, sorry. I think we need to take back everything this podcast has said about Claudio being, like, a bad husband and weird about women. He solved misogyny with the cruise. <laughs> he solved misogyny, and the only thing it took was cruise ships. The problem is we're gonna get another fucking color before the sun. It's not even gonna slap because Chandra's there with him. Uh, He's not sad enough to make good music anymore. Get off the cruise ship and sing <laughs> <laughs> it's a better it's a better song <laughs> yeah the cruise ship's way smaller than Long Island <laughs> you're feeling stifled oh, in there uh, should have gotten a bigger boat idiot what if I bring my wife on the tour what if I get people to pay to have coffee in the same room as my wife on the tour <laughs> <laughs> that event in the schedule is the funniest thing in the world cause like you guys mentioned last time like there's just one Chandra you know <laughs> Oh, just big chilling. We, we only packed one Chandra. There's like hundreds of people on the cruise. There's not enough Chandra. What's she gonna have to say? Like she's just, she's just a random woman. Like she's just gonna have like a PowerPoint up there. She can be talking about like the the next comic or something. Yeah, she she literally wrote the Coheed comic. So like, I think she is gonna have stuff to talk to obsessive Coheed fans about. I don't mean that like to dismiss Chandra. I think that about Claudia as well. And like, you know, I, that's, like they're just normal people. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like I really need to find out the creative drive, the secret beneath. Tell me your truth. Like I, I've listened to the music already. I'm, yeah. I'm there. I'm familiar. Uh, I'm going on the cruise just to find out what the Mets are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Josh. Oh, Josh. 
Yeah. Um, I hope the Mets win, just for Josh. <laughs> I don't. I don't. What happened in baseball the other day? Oh, uh, the Astros <laughs> got caught uh, cheating. They were. They were. So it's okay to steal hand signs for like the pitcher and the catcher if you don't use a camera for it. <laughs> But the Astros at all their home games were using a camera and the way they would um, communicate what pitch was coming to their batter is that they would hit a garbage can really loud (laughs) so that the hitter (laughs) would hear that there was an off-speed pitch coming. This is like that guy who cheated on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It's just like that. Um, do you know? Do you remember that? Was that a thing that it was, was in it was the a guy, UK? Like he had his friend in the audience cough or something like that. <laughs> yes, he coughed after every oh. But they noticed it in the show. They didn't put put it together as cheating, but they did go, "Who's that coughing?" After like, why do you keep coughing? Because <laughs> otherwise, fuck. you didn't know the fucking answers. <laughs> he should have stopped coughing for the final one. <laughs> Absolute genius. <laughs> yeah, I just left him out in the cold. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, sad to the, the Astros, I guess. Whatever, fuck, that, fuck the Astros. They couldn't win anything until they switched divisions. Whatever, fuck them. Die. Okay, okay, fuck the Astros. I'm, I'm, I'm telling them. I know, sh- you, I know nothing Houston. about baseball, so I'm, you know, I defer to you here. It's uh, okay. Baseball was anime this year, so it's, why is baseball I, anime this year? Uh, this year, it was the it was the Washington Nationals who won. They have never won a World Series before. They were the wild card, uh, and they they only won away games. Uh, and also, also, they beat the fucking shit out of the Dodgers, so I love them. Well, that's always fun. Yeah. I have very strong baseball opinions, despite not watching baseball for, like, years before this year. That's oh, wow. also, like, the best possible outcome, because, like, Nationals fans are fucking awful. Um, yeah. Specifically, like, because that is the team that every kind of, like... Um, dc political junkie you know some might call them langyards um is obsessed with so the fact that they all had to eat shit at every home game but the team still gets to win it's perfect it's beautiful yeah that is we all win except for them who lose um there's something beautiful about beating the astros at home while they were using their illegal (laughs) like for four (laughs) games straight damn should have cheated better yeah, they should Wait, have they cheated way cheating? better. They were cheating and they fucking lost? Yeah, they were cheating and they fucking lost. Also, uh, there is now currently a controversy going around that they also may have used, like, buzzers on the batters <sighs> to, like, alert them to pitches, too. So, a lot going on there uh, remains to be seen. It seems like you don't need multiple ways to communicate what pitch is coming next. Uh, cheating but, you know, in, in the games that you lost is probably even funnier than the Bill Belichick stuff, where, like the Patriots would cheat in games that they were going to win by 20 points anyway, and then they just, right. you know, won by 30 points instead. <laughs> so... You got an extra touchdown and a field goal in there. Beautiful yeah, you know, stuff. sometimes it'd be like that. I'd really do. Well, anyway, that's the baseball corner. Sports talk, <laughs> yeah, sports talk's <laughs> over now. Sports talk's over now. Uh, no more sports. Um, it's time to talk about the only sport that matters. Uh... <laughs> It's time to talk about uh, the novel Year of the Black Rainbow. Now, um, we have a guest on. Uh, mm-hmm. Hannah, you have read chapters two and three, which are the ones we are covering today, I, I am told. I did read it along with you guys, yeah. 
Did you read um, the prologue in chapter one as well, or did you just jump into two and three? No, I just I just listened to the previous episode and uh, kind of trusted your judgment about that's how that's fair. We went. did cover it. Perfectly. I did I did skim it just because um, I was on an e-reader that would like load pages very slowly. So I was sure. like, damn, might as well while I'm here. Um, so I got to see like all the beautiful descriptions of like Cambria's slutty boobs pressed up against her slutty <laughs> boob outfit. <laughs> And Khalid was so mad about it that other people were seeing. <laughs> they, don't they know those, those are his slutty boobs. boobs? I love how like, we're not even married yet. The uh, like the minors that she's like distracting and seducing, like they're described like old cartoony, like you know, their tongues become six feet and they start rolling out of the ground. Their eyes shoot out <laughs> from their face. Steve shooting out of ears. Like it's it's that level of like kind of cartoon dumb guy horniness uh it's it's, it's really funny. something I, yeah, point I, out, I did read chapters two and three yeah i had to point out at this moment before we get into them that the uh kindle cloud reader has here the black rainbow bra- brackets the amory score book one at the top of the thing which is very <laughs> ominous this is the only novel the rest of <laughs> comic books yeah but what an <laughs> ominous thing to say yeah uh, so after the last chapter uh, ended, which, as you remember, slight recap, it was uh, Conan Cambria doing some ill shit uh, on the Howling Earth to stop uh, Mayo stealing all the keywork energy. But that doesn't matter right now because it is flashing back. The 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 thing says in and slight uh, in and somewhere slightly later than the beginning. Dot dot dot. <laughs> we get. To chapter two, cleanse this useless identity. Um, I uh, think that the chapter titles have been taken by picking titles of songs and known lyrics from the album and pulling them out of a hat. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't make any fucking sense. I don't think any useless identities get cleansed in chapter two. Is the thing. Like, maybe at the end, but not now. <laughs> yeah, not now. Yeah. We know um, they got to get like fucking mind wiped so they can pretend that they're regular people. I, I mean, okay, I guess the closest that it could possibly be is that there's something involving, like, when you join the Council of Mages, your face gets changed, but that hardly seems I guess. fitting. Uh, it is time to briefly summarize Chapter 2, <laughs> uh, which is about uh, Smash Brothers character Mage Covent Marth. Uh, who is one of the mages, one of the 12 mages uh, who, you know, control all the mage stuff, the, the top of the hierarchy of the structure of the Amory school, uh, Amory War, every time, every time. <laughs> every uh, the time structure of the Amory show. <laughs> here's the thing, this podcast is also controlled by 12 mages. <laughs> and it's fine, they can do whatever they want so long as they don't bring war to the people. They yeah, can fight about themselves the because they structure We'll get into the politics of this universe next chapter. <laughs> Oh my god. Um, but he is the, like... He's like the Maverick Mage. He's He starts his painting. Uh, he's, like, using his uh, superhuman abilities to divine the future. But the other mages, they don't believe him. They don't he believe is, him. like... He's the Dark Mage. He's, like, the Qui-Gon Jinn of mages. <laughs> 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 um, and the council the council are like no you will not train that boy and he's like but you know i've seen the middle chlorians um <laughs> i've seen them i did the blood tells myself and he he was the only mage that was against the uh elevation of wilhelm ryan 
uh, to magedom, uh, which is revealed in this to be like a thing that you can like become. Uh, there's a whole physical and mental transformation process, uh, like his your body changes and everything, and he becomes a mage. Um, the rest of the chapter is him and Ryan having this like. It, it is what you know what you would expect to be a cool guy like cool guy off right as they're like posturing each other except it's written really badly so they're just being very dumb with each other and then <laughs> they both reveal they have snipers there and it's... you're like oh i recognize the names of both those snipers those are important characters but they don't matter as uh marth is like you know i've seen the future you are like super evil you're so evil dude you're so evil you are super evil uh did i mention how evil you are um but i can't do anything because you're not evil yet you this is like a baby hitler thing but also what if hitler was like 30 years old and already knew or already already had his ideology fully formed (laughs) 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 but i so I, i will instead tell you you shouldn't be evil you shouldn't do that and um if if you're a good mage if you just use your power to become a good mage uh then then our the conflict is over and we can become the best of friends um and uh ryan is like uh chill right if that's their best plan is telling me not to very nicely uh i will go to war with them and that's where the chapter ends (laughs) i think i think what i will do is simply go to war Oh, they don't have any other defenders other than asking me not to? Chill. <laughs> Easy. Love this. What um, did everyone think of chapter two? Are mages a race of people, or are they just these 12 people? They are not being very clear about what mages are anymore. Oh, also, um, um, I remember the term tri-mage. Like, weren't there three at some point? Like, I thought the idea was that there was a council of three, and then ryan overthrew the other two to seize full power but now there's 12 that he's there's been so there's been 12 but Uh the term supreme trimage doesn't make any sense yeah Yeah. i I think i think what's happened here is you've heard you've heard the term supreme trimage and you Mm -hmm. know and you being a smart person know what words mean (laughs) Um, (laughs) so you have merely assumed that this must uh, refer to some kind of three-way balance of power. That is, I don't think, ever been the case. No. <laughs> oh, it's awful. You thought, surely there must only be three mages. Incorrect, there are twelve. Uh, and twelve so sectors I... of Heaven's Fence. Mm-hmm. Yep. They um, I, I like Marth because he's like, I don't do any of that cool future stuff. I only paint with real paint. I make art with my hands, not with light. Y'all are whack. Uh, the world building in this book is uh, unbearably bad. So it's already like weird in the comic when they cut between like normal New Jersey and then <laughs> you know Shylock's Ten or whatever, and it's like, wait, how how are all these worlds existing at the same time in the same place with the same like economic system? Um, what's happening here? Do we know? Uh, and this continued this is even worse in like a book form where suddenly they'll just like say and then he got in a car and i'm like okay what what <laughs> like why did, it, what's the technology like here you gonna explain any of this to anyone no okay no. he'll just say that i like painting <laughs> <laughs> yeah we have we have light and we can make pictures but personally i love to mix paints what a what a I'm, fun guy 
I must read out a line uh, from this first paragraph of describing the painting that Martha's making before Ryan walks in. Oh, yeah. it's not great. Um, a price had been drifting upward to inspect the riff, and a gargantuan drop of blood had enveloped her and was in the process of burning away her flesh. In his head, he could hear her screaming. He hadn't known she was going to wind up dying in his painting until he had reached this point. As soon as he was finished with the blood, he was going to have to go back and repaint her to depict her skin crisping and blackening and turning to ash, revealing her tissue and bones beneath. This is... You can't... Okay. You can't do this. I've read your books. <laughs> it's there too was revealing. No there was no fight in this chapter, so he had to put in some dog shit gore somewhere. <laughs> This is his own process. He also goes, damn, I didn't know this woman would end up dying horribly, but now we've got to draw her naked. <laughs> guess, he, guess he can't see the future very good at all, can he? Dipshit. Also, like, I'm sorry. <laughs> how big is this painting that he's being like, oh, fuck, got to go back and add all these details. Like, no, this is like one tiny ass woman in what is supposed to be this like huge apocalyptic scene. It involving like the destruction of an entire world like no you don't have to put that much detail on her she's gonna be a stick figure reasonably i i uh, think it's supposed to be like an entire wall uh, um and then ryan comes in and he goes yo this shit's whack this shit looks like a baby <laughs> painting i'm gonna put this on my fridge you big baby he does say that <laughs> can i just say by the way that like when you were describing earlier jackson that um this is supposed to be like two cool guys having this tense standoff, but like it really just comes across as uh, Ryan going up to Martha and saying like, so I heard you were talking shit about me in the group DM. I have screenshots. <laughs> and like, it is the pettiest thing in the world where he's just like, okay, so why didn't you vote for me, man? Do you not like me? And it's like, buddy, Bro, wrong? Just, just relax. Um, and then Master turns around and goes, oh, it's because you're baby Hitler who's 30 years old. <laughs> <laughs> the absolute cowardice shown by this man who is supposed to, uh, spoilers at the end of this, at the end of the next, like, opening, uh, like, lore dump, where he's, like, gone off into hiding because he's the only one who can, who can stop Ryan. The, the idea that he just does not immediately take the shot because he knows the universe is going to die, but he's like, damn, then I might not be a mage anymore. Oh, well. It's, it's, whoops guess i will not kill baby 30 year old hitler uh like bro the, the, please the other thing that gets me continually is you know we've talked about how like horrible the writing style is and the what passes as like retorts i'm gonna read a, a little section here very slowly marth placed the brush down upon the palette you have a remarkable nerve for one so recently added to our numbers I have not had as long a period to become as pompous as you, so I am hastening to make up the time. That is such a little kid insult where it's like, oh, oh, I thought of something really cool. And if the other person just like sits here for 10 seconds and lets me wind through the construction of this insult, it's going to be such a cool <laughs> bird. As long as I don't get interrupted, this is going to rip. <laughs> It's absolutely someone trying to do the, like, veiled Game of Thrones thing, right? Like, veiled threats, we're all speaking in polite terms, but actually, it's like they're being really mean to each other. Instead, But instead of just baby games, like, uh, actually, uh, I think you'll find the construction of your words in time has made you boring. 
and two <laughs> hard to understand. <laughs> and, and it's just like, what are you talking, Ryan? What are you talking about? Um, and then they start talking about the Red Army, which in like in the 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 Amory Wars like after this, right when Ryan's just in power, they are just Ryan's army. Ryan has the Red Army. It is his power as a supreme trimage. It is not questioned in any real way. But in this book, they have to kind of like try to explain it. And instead of explaining it by saying it's the standing army of the mages and Ryan took control of it, like you would assume, it's like a secret army that <laughs> he's like, I've heard rumors of this red army. <laughs> and I'm like, what? You heard rumors that he has an army. Do none of you have armies? Have none of you thought yeah, about has this nobody before? got an army? Is that just why he wins? Because he's the only one with an army? Ba- well, basically, it sounds like he has. Yeah, it sounds like everybody else should, but they don't. I don't know. I don't know. <sighs> Red Army. Red so, Army. question about the um, because like the the way that the the chapter wraps up, right, is that uh, it's Crom and Mayo that yes. have uh that are like being trained on uh Marth and Ryan by each other. It's Crom works for. Marth, Marth at this point and Mayo works for Ryan but so is the idea that throughout this entire campaign of slaughter and conquest that we're going to see uh, Ryan embarking on throughout the rest of the book that like Krom is just has him in his sights the whole time it's like the entire time no because they, they the actually the talk shot. about this they talk about this in the chapter um it's very funny. So, so he does. Too, so like, uh, Crumb shoots out behind. Like the bullet just misses uh, Ryan as like a warning shot. Um, and then Ryan goes, "Avila Crumb, I assume." And Marv responds, "Possibly, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Mm. This be? Um, he, he's just feeling embarrassed because Ryan got it in one, and he's just like, oh, "Damn, still want to be mysterious." Fuck. And then Ryan goes, uh, are, you, are you informing me that he is going to be watching me in perpetuity? And then, then Martha responds, obviously not. <laughs> I, uh, no. I'm only, he's only got this, he's standing there, you could just walk away. Uh, <laughs> I am saying, however, that you would be well advised to have a care in your actions over the next century or so. Um, and then he's like, sound advice. So sound in fact that I also have a sniper on you. Even, But that's his response to his line, to the other guy's line of saying, it doesn't matter after this five minutes that there's a sniper on you. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's it's a cry to not have a sniper move. on you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Why is um, everyone in this universe afraid to pull the fucking trigger? <laughs> just, uh, just shoot. Somebody, please. <laughs> Someone is, and it's Coheed, and it's where they fucking kill their children. Yeah, God. Because this, this entire series begins on someone killing their own kids because someone told them to. Like, what? Okay, uh, it, in their defense, uh, Mayo did pull their confidence down with those verbal discrepancies. <laughs> he, did, he, did, he did pull those, these, their confidence down with like verbal that. discrepancies. <laughs> Sometimes it'd be like that, and you got to murder your own children. It's like, damn. Uh, damn, my kids got the Sinistar. We'll go to um, chapter three in a minute, but there's one more line I've highlighted here, which is when they, they're talking about the, this terrible painting that Martha's done. Um, and Ryan's like, this is a baby, pa- painting, baby painting for babies, putting it on my fridge, etc., etc. 
uh, Ryan's like, go on, explain your painting to me. <laughs> then <laughs> Bath, Bath says, Bath says this, you may have noticed that the sky was bleeding. That was not meant to be literal. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> me doing a painting. Uh, <laughs> Uh, instead, it is representative of what is impending for the mages and for the entirety of Heaven's Fence. There will be blood, and all will share, and it's spilling. So it's so it's like okay. So you're telling me there's a big dark line across the sky, and it's not literal. Yet I know for a fact that the plot of this book <laughs> revolves around a big dark line in the sky. Looking back at the main cover of the book. The, the 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 black rainbow is not a fake thing. It's not. It's not. I, I don't mean to spoil a few chapters ahead, but at some point there is literally a black rainbow in the sky. <laughs> yeah, it's it's also the sort of thing where it's like, aren't you guys all super wizards? Like, <laughs> right? you probably could just make the sky do that with your big <laughs> magic. Yeah, because like, okay, Marth he has his like um uh prophecy abilities, but like. Isn't there also a part in this chapter where he just, like, shows that he can... He's like, I can make fire. Look at me. I'm Chandra Magic the Gathering. Yeah, yeah. Yes. He's got red mana. He, he does. He taps all his red mana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's just like, look at me. I can do this. And then Ryan's like, bro, I do not care. Why are you showing me this? <laughs> the only thing I care about is that you can see the future and also are unwilling to make any action towards changing it. Yeah, there's just like a couple page interlude in this chapter where like uh, Marth is sh- uh, getting into Ryan's DMs and being like, yo, we got this cool stuff I could do. And uh, Ryan just auto replies, haha, that's wild to everything he says. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, does anyone have any final chapter two take before we move on to chapter three? No, let's let us move on. Let us move on. Okay. Chapter three is called Guns of Summer. Yeah, um, I, that, that's the song we're doing. That's the song that's we're the doing song. today. That's the song, guys. That's the name of the song. That's the, I, I know that song. I know that. <laughs> I know. I've heard that one. <laughs> I've heard that one. Uh, uh, Chris Penny's like, yo, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, It begins with a short, like, law explanation of instead of dramatizing any of this it's literally just like a reading a wikipedia page about a story that's not being told just says uh yeah okay so wilhelm ryan ruled over sector six peacefully for a while but then the rumors of the red army became tangible the threat moving from an abstract concept to reality and that is the that's all we get like what that's not how an army works <laughs> but whatever uh wilhelm ryan's red army is re- is real now and the the mages are at war uh ryan starts taking over the territories um but if, and like it's going so well that eventually he works out he should start capturing the mages uh rather than uh, murdering them and using their powers for his ends um uh the other uh, at a point where he was like super powerful the other remaining territories teamed up to finally fight him but where could where could marth go uh except to um he must he must sort yeah he must seek out a person um he must seek out Thaddeus favor in the confines of house atlantic that's right he's going to find a favor in house of atlantic uh and then he <laughs> bro i'm so him. mad <laughs> yeah uh he kidnaps a favor house atlantic 
uh, and steals House Atlantic, and that's how he is winning the Mage War. The only mage that remains at large, uh, aside from Ryan, is Covent Marth, who is... Uh, and now it is time for a final battle. Um, but because they've been at open war, it, the collateral damage of the Mage Wars was reaching a level that most found unacceptable. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> and they were beginning to protest loudly. Uh, and then what follows is a chapter about Le- uh, Leonard Ho- Hohenberger, um, who is simply a man of science who loves efficiency <laughs> and he loves science. Uh, also, his hot wife, but mostly uh, science and efficiency. <laughs> and, mostly just science. And like, so he's like, okay, uh, I must do my stretches before I get out of bed, but like, not because I'm like exercise, but because heart attacks are more statistically, uh, you know, happen in the first thing in the morning. So I must gradually bring my body to pulse, and then I will pour some cereal into my mouth and pour some milk into my mouth because it's quicker that way. Uh, not joking about that. <laughs> <laughs> That's in the book. Literally uh, a point. And then his son Joseph comes in and is like, bro, let me go protest the mage wars. We've got to stop the mage wars. And uh, he's like, you can't do that. What would your mother think? And then he's like, logically, you have to do things that are right. And you can't just let wars happen. So you should let me go. And he's like, damn, sick point owned. Off, go to the go to the protest. That's uh, <laughs> SHW destroyed by logic and facts. Uh, then he wakes up, goes to see uh, his hot wife, Pearl Hohenberger. <laughs> can't believe she's fucking called Pearl. Her name's Pearl. Yeah, um, yeah. So doing like the standard, you know, uh, Coheed and Camry Amory Wars routine, where it's like we've got this like cool anti-hero guy and his hot tit wife with a perfect body full of tits, but they're named <laughs> Leonard and Pearl, like the yeah. most like middle-aged Midwestern kind of you know like friendly but kind of frumpy couple. They are named Leonard and Pearl, and there is a lot of description about Pearl's fucking tits are so hot. God damn it. Yep, so we're back at that again. Um, There's a short scene with Pearl where Pearl has invented some sort of dragonfly that she calls a syringa. Yo, I love to invent the syringa. (laughs) Which, uh, Which I wonder what that's about. Um, mm. Then after they like introduce the the plot of the rest of the books <laughs> briefly, uh, she discovers that um, Joseph has gone to the protests, and she's so mad at Leonard for letting go. And he's like, "But he destroyed my logic with facts. <laughs> he destroyed me with facts and logic. I uh, had to let him go. I'm a man of science." <laughs> and, and then we cut to the protest uh, where Joseph is there. And uh, the war has broken out literally above the protest. It's, it's, it's no, like when I, because I read the chapter like years ago, and in my mind, like there was some kind of marshal stomping down on the protest. That's not actually what happens. It just the war happens to break out like literally where they are. Um, and uh, Joseph thinks, "Wow, that's ironic," and dies. <laughs> oh, we well, expect actually, war to happen at the peace rally. There's actually yeah. something important that he thinks as well before dying. Do you remember what that is? Uh, uh, that's uh, so. While he's running through <laughs> the um, uh, the chaos of the protests and everyone dying, uh, someone else dies. It was Elizabeth Parks, Lizzie. He tried to say, but he couldn't get anything resembling a voice to emerge from his lips. Lizzie stared at him lifelessly. Blood was pouring out from her nose and through her mouth. Joseph couldn't help but think about all the times he fantasized kissing that mouth. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> why? <laughs> Um, oh, yeah, my dead girlfriend 
was so fucking hot. Why is she dead? Not, not, not his girlfriend. <sighs> just a hot girl in class. Oh, right, incel. Just a like. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot. So, which part of this chapter do we want to tackle first? Because there's oh, so much God. here. So, br- briefly, I just want to say, like, Joseph's life is flashing before his eyes, and he's like, oh my god, I have so little time left. Quick, I only have a couple seconds to mention that she was hot before she died! <laughs> That's exactly what happens. Um, um, yeah, you go, I, Leonard Hohenberger is the worst man in existence. He is he is a caricature of a human being. Who is this man? He literally just he was like, I don't want to make choices about what I wear in the morning. So I just decided to buy five of the same outfit. Because and then nobody makes fun of him for this? No. Nobody roasts him? And but but also like his wife is doing the the only way that uh women and men interact, right? They're they are roasting each other, they are antagonistic, but not about any of this stuff. They're just kind of shitty to each other, uh, just like Cody and Cambria were in the first chapter. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, where are you in the in the garden, honey? And she's like, you're dumb as shit! Yeah, that's just, that's what married life be like. Isn't it great? Oh, it's wonderful. There's, there's like a scene where she walks up to him wearing like his science mask and his science gloves and nothing else. And she's like, damn, you like science, boy? You like the science that I'm wearing? He's like, yeah, well, I do. The the setup is like he made fun of her for in her like greenhouse wearing this like overly protective glove and masks. And she's like, oh yeah, I'll show him. I'm gonna be naked and wear the glove and mask. And he's like, damn, my wife is hot. Damn, could you do that again? <laughs> I have a fetish now. I love it when women own own me by stripping for me. <laughs> <laughs> it's always absolutely good. owned by my wife's naked body. <laughs> I was mean to my wife, and to get back at me, she uh, took all the cards off. <laughs> Actual Claudia just being like, hey, hey, uh, Chandra, you know what would, like, really, like, roast me? You know what, like, really owed me for, like, uh, you know, forgetting to pick Atlas up for daycare? Is, uh, if you just, like, were naked, I would be fucking oh roasted by God. that. What the Atlas is gonna hear all this bullshit? Oh, the poor kid. It's... He's got... Let's just listen. He's he's baby. Let's just let him be. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't yeah, need yeah. this right now. We we are not making fun of Atlas. Atlas, I know you're eventually no. going to listen to this, and like you're innocent. You did nothing wrong. We have nothing against you whatsoever. It's just it's just your dad's so fucking weird, man. Yeah. Uh, one line early on in this chapter uh, that you know kind of falls. Uh, as you go further through because of how weird the bullshit is uh, he does wake up and his first thing to say is my wife's not here um, Damn. and he says uh, once upon a time uh, that well, that might well have annoyed the hell out of him he was old fashioned it was enamoured of the notion of his wife being there to wake up to honey lay in the bed until I wake up so I may gaze upon <laughs> you in the morning no don't get up and do things don't have breakfast disgusting um and then, and then it's just like, oh, I would hate that in a wife, that she would be a morning person and get out of bed. But because she's such a hot wife, I now find this a charming personality trait. And I'm like, this, that's, that is not how, that's not the dynamics of a healthy couple. Just, bro, just break up. Stop it. You clearly do not like each other. You just have sex sometimes. That is not marriage. 
I think you'll find. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't. It's just not good. No, it's uh, couple, just not couple good. things I want to note about. Uh, just really weird stuff about how this book is written. Uh, number uh-huh. one, uh, they pretty much do the same trick in all three chapter openings. Um, this chapter, for example, opens, Leonard Hohenberger's life came to an end on an otherwise ordinary day, which is not to say that he had died that day. Um, the previous chapter starts with something like, you know, the sky was gleaming above Sinosher, which was which to say that he was, you know, doing a painting about the sky bleeding on Sinosher, not that it was actually bleeding. And the first chapter is like, you know, the Howling Earth uh, was aptly named, which is to say that nobody knows why it was howling. And like, <laughs> just like that shit loud. Single chapter going to start with this idea of like, here is a kind of pithy and big phrase, and then we're gonna walk it back immediately and be like, oh no no no, I didn't actually mean that. It's actually way different. Uh, do you know what the ch- the opening of chapter four is? Oh no, oh, fuck you. Is it that again? Kevin Marth knew what had to be done. The problem was that he was not entirely certain that he was going to be able to do it. <laughs> uh, so we'll see what he what he has to do next Beautiful. time. <sighs> Presumably, fucking shoot Ryan in the head. Uh, you got, yeah, thing, we could have solved this. <laughs> the other thing that really struck me was that when they're describing like um, uh, Leonard's kind of you know. Uh, uh, his addiction to efficiency. Um, there is this part where it's talking about like his hair and how like it's long, it's shoulder length, it's just like wild mane of black hair. And he says that like, here we go. Uh, he rose, stumbled to the bedroom, showered and pulled his shoulder length jet black hair into a damp ponytail. His fellow researchers left to tease him about his long locks, joking that he looked more like a poet than an award-winning scientist. First off, you roast him for that and not for wearing the same exact outfit every day? Weird. <laughs> they see a guy they see a guy wearing the same clothes every day and go, damn, that is a poet if I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> for Hohenberger, his hair length was less about looks and more about the hour he couldn't bear to waste getting his haircut every month. Instead, he opted for the requisite trim once every six to eight. Actually, I would venture to say it's because uh, Claudio cannot conceive of a protagonist who doesn't look exactly the same as all the others. <laughs> exactly the same. <laughs> It's like Kohi woke up and thought, oh, damn, I love getting my hair cut every six to eight months because of efficiency. Claudia woke up and thought, oh, damn, I thought I love getting my hair cut every six to eight months. They all <laughs> just have this trait. It's so funny, especially as, like, this isn't true. Like, that's not how, how efficiency works. I no. promise you, you will save more time not having to wash an entire log of hair. If you have short hair, it takes long, less time in the shower. Like, this is a fact. Uh, he would simply shave it close and kind of shave it himself every few weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, just, it's not that hard. Like, yeah. you know, I, I, he should also, like take care about his appearance because that's what you should do uh but if he wanted to be efficient having long hair is like the word it's not it's not gonna work you still have to shower unless it's like you know i don't want to clean which he can't he can't do that one even though it would fit because then then that would truly stretch believability of his hot wife Um, (laughs) where uh whereas the the pouring the cereal into his mouth and then (laughs) milk that does not that's normal that's normal that's just 
That's just boys DM stuff. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've all been there. <laughs> oh, um, I, I want to get to the politics of the protests. Please, let's go. Let's go. So, Joseph explains his reasoning uh, as to why he has to protest the mage wars. And he says, Enough! Someone has to say, You've been given all this power for a reason. That reason is to serve and protect the rest of us who don't have such power. It has... It has to be used for the common good as part of your mandate in overseeing the 12 sectors. We need full disclosure. So, this is a revealing paragraph in that this is a protest for more checks and balances to ensure noblesse oblige. Like, that's, that's the, that's, that is the political situation here, right? Like, the mages are the mages, they have absolute control, but there needs to be transparency in the process of absolute monarchy so that the balance is maintained uh, and it is used for the good of the people. Yeah, what we need to do is set up a uh, Twitter account across all the planets of the fence that says, uh, Mr. Trump, you're fired if they don't properly (laughs) disclose. I just... I don't understand this universe at all it doesn't make any sense um there's there's a bit later in the chapter where it says hohenberger had to think that the government believed the general populace to be raging idiots on the other hand it was an open secret that the government was a joke there were nothing more than elected paper pushers embracing red tape while the majors were the only ones who truly ran things all major decisions went through the majors they were the ones who decided the direction of humanity pulling the strings of the government and typically content to be the puppeteers Hohenberger, however, saw the strings. But that's bullshit because literally the last page, Joseph's going to a protest because everyone's angry at the mage. Like pe- the mage's being in control isn't like a secret. It's not like oh, they're secretly twelve guys in charge of the world and everything else is like the government is a sham. It's not the fucking patriots. Everyone knows who the mages are. Also, it was explicit at the beginning of this book that like. Yeah, all the humans came here and they agreed to be ruled over by the mages. That is like an that is the opening crawl of this book. The the literal thesis of this universe is that the structure of society exists as it is because it was laid down by God and that power structure is maintained through the like religious ideology that most people share such that like, you know, that that is per- purported to be the engine that powers the status quo of the Amri Wars. Uh, And in this, there's like a weird you know, like Iraq war protest instead, that's got nothing to do with that. And then Joseph says uh, uh, then it says what are you going to do? Do you think that you're going to take up arms against the majors with this? And Joseph responds, it is not about taking up arms. I'm a pacifist, remember. It's about showing the majors that there are always alternatives to war. The displaying an organized show of will and desire can be a guide to a better way of living. We oh. don't want to lead by force of arms. Arms and fighting wards are a negative example. We want to show a positive example. We want to say no more wars. Bro. Just stop just stop doing the wars and just just stop oppressing us. <laughs> Just stop it! We don't want like to, it. I want to p- pick up a sign and show George Bush that <laughs> we don't need to do any wars, and like that's, and that there are better ways. I mean, you know, like the the thing with like these protest movements is that you know the reason why 
they manifest as they do in the real world is because like our governments are ostensibly democratically elected and there is right. ostensibly a sense of like you know public responsibility and public pressure and a sense that like oh wow we shouldn't do something that's being so widely protest because that might have negative repercussions for us electorally similarly there is a sense that like if this becomes something that is very ingrained in a public consciousness then the public appetite to wage the war is going to falter and you know like the the people won't want to to sign up for the military as much you know there there won't be support for that but like um i don't know if that applies here because what are the red army what are are a they rumor a clone that became army? an abstract concept are they a robot <laughs> army are they an army of humans who live among defense who have been conscripted are they an army who has been volunteered um like there is no sense of what kind of army they are and thus there is no sense of like how they might react to a public uh, protest of this scope and how their ability to continue to like you know swell their ranks might react to that uh, sense of public protest none of this has been sketched out all of it is left kind of assumed of like no don't worry it's it's Iraq Th- this is this is Iraq right now and now it's fine right it's it's so strange because like so the the other book also don't like in any way attempt to spell out the like uh, economical political like structures of power in the uh, universe but also ryan's just in charge of everything mm-hmm. so like you, you you understand at that point that he is a status quo like ruling power um that thus has access to the greatest amounts of resources uh and can like determine the status quo um it gets a bit fuzzy it's like wait how is this trial working is this trial holding into power uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That's, so that's my question now is how did he get put on trial? <laughs> right. That's, that's because, my question now. Because th- this, this protest isn't about th- like, you could read this into it. I think it like, it could be from the way it's structured and the things that Joseph says, but Joseph never says that, um, he, the word he uses is mandate, right? Like, but he uses that because he is against war and wants things to be better, not because this is seen as like a religious transgression of the responsibilities of mages. Even though, from everything else in this universe, we would expect that to be the like actual driving force here, because this is ostensibly a, like a rebellion against the order of God, right? And yeah. the universe and the books want to convince you that that is like a thing people care about. And then that's what like drives Claudia's conflict because he wants that to be not true. Um, but here he's just he's just doing an Iraq War protest. We just we're just doing protests. I people people got mad that people died, and now we're doing protests. People only got mad that people died like after what like nine of the sectors have been conquered. Because and there's like. Yeah. An, well, I think they're down to the last one. Like, it's just Marth's that hasn't, like, been taken yet. And it's only because they can't find Marth. <laughs> where Marth at? Yeah, where Marth? Yeah, where's Marth? Yeah, bro, I told you to bring him to me. It's it's strange, right? Because, like, they, they're trying to do two things. They're trying to say, like, okay, the collateral damage of the Mage Wars is getting unacceptable. But also, the the, the they draw a distinction 
um, I think there's even like a bit about like, you know, the governments are what like makes the roads what build and, you know, the government does all the stuff, but the mages are doing their Game of Thrones power plays in the background. And usually those power plays do not affect the people, right? Like whoever's in charge of the mages isn't like, you know, the, the governments will do the same things they always do. The status quo will prevail and no one really cares about what, what is going on. Again, I too have seen Game of Thrones, um, et cetera, et cetera. But that's they're in open warfare who's who's in any of these armies it's just like you said like are people fighting for different mages are there conscripted armies being put to war because it's it does say that um why does it say the specific words uh yeah it says that sectors eight nine and eleven uh break away from the union and maintain the coalition they would bravely back uh fight back as a single entity to stop him which implies that the sectors themselves are fighting with their standing armies that yes. they're like these are entities within a system that have their own presumably human armies right it's not just majors assassinating each other this is open warfare and this is like the end of open warfare and they're like now is the time for protests <laughs> enough is enough this must be stopped <laughs> Someone should do something about all the problems. Yo, I was I was fine when he took over eleven sectors, but like twelve? Ooh. That's very draw the line. Checks and balances. If we just leave one. <laughs> it's it's there, written into the constitution that you could do a coup as long as it only grabs eleven of the sectors. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, damn. You can only yeah, but twelve? Oh no 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 no. That's a similar, monopoly, folks. Similar to how um Marth was like, well, I can't intervene now because you haven't done anything yet. Like the people of Heaven's Fence are like, I mean, we can't protest the war yet because he's only conquered eleven sectors. It would be like pretty rude for us to say something about it right now. Oh <sighs> yeah, it's um it's a lot. It's not it's not good. It's not yeah, good. It's like, bad. It's not you you brought this up before, but like the fact that it's not even that um like the red army represses the protest that they you know kind of see this and they're like no you are all going to get back into your place we're gonna you know sort of come in there with uh nightsticks to beat you down and some flashpoint's gonna happen and they're gonna use it as a pretext to start massacring protesters no it is just that the war happens and it's like oh damn if only we had held a protest somewhere different this would have been fine (laughs) Bro, I know we shouldn't have done this on the battlefield. <laughs> we really, we really we also, should not have gone in no man's land to do a protest. Which also doesn't make sense with the like Iraq war protest parallel that they're like obviously drawing, right? Because it's not like they were protesting in Iraq. I mean, like <laughs> the Iraqis were, but yeah, um, yeah. Like, there was obviously resistance to, yeah. you know, you know, Th- you know is, what I'm saying. I'm this trying is to, clearly trying meant to, to be, you know, American protest at the Iraq war. Yes, this is an American protest taking the street against Congress, but like. If the war just happened on top of them five minutes later, <laughs> um, which is like isn't a fair. It's that's not what the power like. Um, that's not what the power dynamic was. If it was, I think you would have seen a very different reaction. Like the uh, protest in America is what it is, especially with anti-war stuff, because like the dynamics are because America has no risk of war, right? Like like there there are not going to be bombs dropped on american soil ever right in mm-hmm. the foreseeable future and that is why the protest takes the form that it does in actual areas where there are like wars being fought against like the populace there the forms of resistance are very different than fucking holding signs and going to protests 
Extremely. Um, and it has to be. Yeah, you have to fucking fight the imperialist army that's like invading your space. Uh, invading your space. Invading your like, sovereign nation. Bro, get like, out bad. of my space. You are get in my, my bubble. Space. Yes, the American army needs to stop invading people's personal space. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, do we know what sector Appity Prime is in? Because this is on Appity Prime. Well, it must be the last sector. Was well, Appity Prime the one where they say Capital of, of Sector One? Planet? Sector One, which that's Favor's sector. Yes, that's that's Warehouse Atlantic is. Hmm. So is so has so maybe the next chapter we'll go into this has has Marth invaded? I no can't? no because it, they're all they're all no Marth hiding. <laughs> yeah, but, but but will the next chapter reveal that this is like Marth's invasion? I don't think so. Well, because they specifically say it's a red army soldier that killed. Uh, yeah, that's that killed the, Joseph. That's the weirdest thing. Cause like, wait, yeah, what what is the relationship of any of these people? Cause like, okay, my understanding from that little expository piece is that there wasn't necessarily an invasion of Sector One. It was that Favor aligned himself with Ryan. And they were friends yeah. for a while, and then Ryan was like, "No, I'm gonna kind of just like stab you in the back." And well, kind of, Ryan you know, has never t- betrayed anybody. Yeah, no, he's <laughs> he's he's good. Um, but you know that he was gonna kind of like consolidate the power within his own block, within his own alliance. So like, he wouldn't necessarily need to invade Sector One after that, or would he? So again, none of this makes sense. Yeah, no, it's not gonna. It's not gonna. Uh, well, um. Oh yeah, the one, the one last thing is uh Just want to go back and stress. Just, just kind of stress enough. He's called a favor, House Atlantic. When do you He's think? When do you think Claudio decided that? Because he wrote the song called "A Favor, House Atlantic." Um, uh, which I think he decided this always when been... writing this chapter. <laughs> That has always been a phrase that, like, makes no fucking sense. It is not a grammatical construction. It does not mean anything. But we've all just kind of accepted it. And this is just, like, he is twisting the knife to be like, oh, no, it actually does mean something specific, and it's the stupidest thing in the world. Also, why would it come up during In Keeping Secrets? Fuck off. Fuck you. Yeah, because it's it's not like... um, you know, because it, it's this sort of mysterious thing of like, oh, nobody knows what happened to Favor. Um, and for a moment, I thought like, oh, does that mean that like maybe his mind is powering the giant mech suit or like kind of piloting it in, you know, kind of a, a drone format? But like, wait, no, that's what Krom eventually does. Krom is the one who does that. Yeah. So, yeah, it is no longer a Favor's House Atlantic. I thought they just needed a favor from House Atlantic. Like, fuck, this doesn't have to be so complicated. I mean, that's what that's what that's what the name's about. It's about the fact that Al, um, you know, yo, Al, I'm calling one in. (laughs) Al saves Ambelina, right? He sacrifices himself to save Ambelina. Not what happens in the comic, but that's what the song's about. Yeah. Um, that's always what it's been mean. It doesn't mean anything else, Claudia. I shoot you, run. Come on, bro. Good eye, sniper. <laughs> I hate this fucking book. Um, well, I guess we're done with the chapters, unless anyone else has anything more to say. Um, what could no. we possibly say now? 
There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing left to say. I think we're all set. Uh, I, I do. I do as well. Um, so with that, it's time to talk about our song. It's time to talk about Guns of Summer. So, uh, can, can I talk a little bit about the background of how I came to be on this episode? Yes, please. Uh, yes, of course. Uh, in a literal sense, it is because I gave uh, $120 to Jackson and Molly, which you should all do. <laughs> Everyone listening to the podcast should do that. Um, yes. And you will all be able to get on your own episodes in that case. Um, and I, just it, give it, them it's money. $60 per. Give uh, them yeah. your fucking money. Um, but... As far as how I got on this specific episode, it's because Jackson, I think a couple years ago now, was trying to explain to me, somebody who, you know, listened to Coheed growing up, but kind of fell off after Good Apollo, like a lot of people did, um, how much the band started sucking ass comparatively once Josh (laughs) left and um, Chris Penny uh, signed on to replace him. Um, and so they sent me the a link to Guns of Summer as kind of, here's an example of, you know, why Chris Penny's drumming style is just absolutely unbearable garbage. It's like way too technical, way too elaborate for its own good, way too full of itself. Um, and while they were DMing me to like kind of explain the basics of that, I interrupted <laughs> them to say, holy shit, this rules? This is the coolest <laughs> thing ever? And yes. ever since... Um, there has been kind of a simmering cold war, almost as if we are rival mages leading our different sectors, <laughs> where uh, I insist that Guns of Summer is an incredible song that I love, um, and Molly and Jackson both get incredibly angry at me. <laughs> I'm not uh, mad. So now I'm on the, the podcast, and uh, my coheed opinions are only going to get worse. And uh, <laughs> I'm here to talk about how great Guns of Summer is, which I assume is what you both are here to talk about as well. Yeah, so Gundam sounds really bad. Um, the the technical drumming on this song is like it really distracts. Me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like it's all based around this one weird riff and this like it's a, this weird arpeggio riff uh, with this really in- in- intricate drum beat, and it's bad. The song's bad. The song's bad. It's a bad song. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I must say, first of all, um, this song's too hard to play on Rock Band. First of all, <laughs> <laughs> well, it would be. <laughs> Uh, secondly, it fucking blows. <laughs> I just don't. I'm imagining playing the song at easy difficulty on Rock Band and being like, "Damn, I'm a math chord drummer now." <laughs> you, you play this on guitar and Rock Band on easy, and you press one note and it does. This... <laughs> <laughs> the the solo, especially where it gets like. <laughs> Because they start doing the thing right where they're like playing badly on purpose. 
Um, it sure sounds uh, like it. Here, here's the uh, thing, like, everything you guys are saying about this is true, and it only <laughs> makes me like the song more. <laughs> I'm grinning like an idiot right now and being like, yeah! Because here's the thing, <laughs> a lot of Coheed songs, um, as you have both noted, have a lot of, like, mid-tempo noodling around. Um, yes. Whereas this yeah. song has a lot of up-tempo noodling around. And that ignites every part of my brain all at once. Um, <laughs> as long as it's upbeat noodles, we're in. Yeah, it, it's it's really dangerous for me to listen to this song more than a couple times. But, um, yeah, <laughs> I really love it. It is just like a... Um, and, and, you know, part of it definitely is just that, like, I enjoyed kind of different types of music than, um, you know, Jackson and Molly uh, are both into. Like, I remember showing you as well, Jackson, a Deaf Heaven track, and you were like, no, this is god-awful, this is bullshit. And it's like, yeah, a lot of people very understandably, like, listen to Deaf Heaven, and they're like, oh, this is the most unbearable shit in the world. But that type of, like, really kind of, you know, complex, um, you know, very fast, very multi-pattern stuff in, like, math rock, math core, um, you know, kind of just technical drumming. All that shit I love dearly. That all being said, Chris is, in (laughs) fact, the worst drummer than Josh easily. I agree with that 100%. I like the drums in this song a lot, but nothing that Chris has ever done is remotely as good as a time-consumer drum intro, so... No, so fucking good. Yeah, so so there's my olive branch to you. Um, Thank you. And... I will grasp it. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to get to the segment, the the special segment? No, we still got we still got a little more. We've got to do the lyrics and stuff. Oh, of um, course. And I I do want to say like another big problem in the song is that like it comes out of the gate with this ridiculous riff and you're like, what are they doing? Um. But I do think that the chorus is weak and like the melody's just not it there is. to carry it. Because um, it's just going cold as winters, guns or something. Like it just, like, even with this style, I think that they could have had a more propulsive and interesting, like, hook. This is uh, the era where Coheed just kind of stops being able to, like, turn out a good hook. You could usually count on them to always have a good hook on their albums. And this point, like, they're still there occasionally, but this is where they get much less reliable at that. <laughs> and the choruses just get worse. I don't know what happened, but the choruses have just got worse. Um, It's really bad. It's There's no chorus. There's no hooks in this song. Zero hooks! Yeah, um... We, we are simply the pop song enjoyers. <laughs> I, I will say that, like, um, you know, again... Uh, the fact that I like the song, you know, becomes increasingly puzzling when I say shit. Like, when you mentioned, oh, the hook is bad, I thought to myself, wait, which part is the hook? Because um, <laughs> you're right, like, there kind of is none. There are parts that repeat, and there are parts that kind of, like, act as climaxes, but it's kind of the whole song, you know? Like, it's it's kind of the songwriting structural equivalent of those um, scales that are designed to sound like they are continually going down and they never go back up um so it it, it kind of just like is really relentless and you're like okay well this part just repeated so maybe this is the chorus or maybe this is the bridge but um yeah it's it's a very structurally weird song but it just um i can't not bang my head when i hear this i'm sorry deeply to both of you 
Let me just fine. do some lyrics, then we can do the, the segment that we're all here for. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, uh, if this is my last chance, keep me. I don't need your jokes. I'm better off without the misunderstanding. If I am displeasing, then tell me the reason to all our worth. Would I truly care if we truly mean nothing? Or have we been fed crazy? <laughs> Will the curtain save me from my final pun? Um, Wait, is it final pun? I thought yeah, it was it's final, final call for the, the longest time. Here. It's always been final pun. Sorry. I, sorry to do this to you. That's that's <sighs> the thing. Like Claudio is so good at like writing lyrics where it would still be a really weird grammatical construction, like nobody talks like that, but at least the phrase would make sense. And You'd he's see like, how oh, he got that. What if I just do a different word instead that makes way less <laughs> sense and is really stupid to hear as well? Like, you can't yeah. sound like a badass singing PUN! <laughs> um, I'm so mad right now. I didn't know. <laughs> so, what have you got for us? <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, so here's a special segment uh, that I've prepared for you. Um, when uh, I was getting into this song a whole lot at first, I also... Uh, it took me a while to really get into In Keeping Secrets, the song. Uh, that one was a grower on me. Part of it is because the first few times I listened to it were on really shitty headphones and I couldn't really hear the kick drums in it. And the kick drums on that are really fucking good. Uh, another example of how Josh is a better drummer than Chris. He really knows how to use the kick. Um, but, uh, so I would say things in the Amory Score Discord like, yeah, I think this song's a lot better than In Keeping Secrets, of Silent Earth 3. And you would both tell me to shut the fuck up for a couple minutes. <laughs> um, and I've actually gone back and forth on whether or not I think In Keeping Secrets or Guns of Summer is a better song several times, uh, which is why it will be the last and climactic entry in this exciting one-time-only segment. Is this song better or worse than Guns of Summer? Uh, you've prepared a list of 20 songs that you believe are indisputably, unassailably obviously to anyone who could listen way better than guns of summer uh and uh just hit me up with the name of a song and i will let you know uh with commentary if you would like it on uh whether or not it's better than guns of summer um let's go, go <laughs> molly's God. so mad already i'm sorry molly you're only gonna get way madder i'm so tired um okay all right I'm going to start with the ones that are not, you know, the, 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 the softballs. Yeah. Uh, so 33. Uh, that is worse than uh, Guns of Summer. Okay. I, I don't can, agree, I but it's fine. It's, yeah. fine. it's fine. I'm start, again, starting with the softballs here. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, the Running Free. Um, I'd say that's worse than Guns of Summer. Uh, I did write on my notes here... Uh, I didn't write anything about the song. I just laughed at them for getting owned by Linkin Park instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, the one fair. song I didn't actually write any descriptions of. What fair. I've done. <laughs> um, feathers. Uh, yeah, this is worse than Guns of Summer. Get the, get the fuck out of here! <laughs> Ten speed of God's blood and burial. Oh, I'm glad you asked. This one is a lot better than Guns of Summer. 
Um, okay. I love this one a whole lot. It is probably the best lyricism they've ever written on purpose. Uh, the best lyricism they've written on accident is the Scalia song. Shout out to Anna and Scalia. <laughs> but, um, yeah, this one, I wholeheartedly agree way better than Guns of Summer. Wait, did I miss? Did I mix it up last time? Did you say Feathers was better? Oh, no, Feathers is worse. No, the, the, so far, the only yeah, no, one better right. is 10 speed. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Just 10 speed so far uh, is better. Neverender. Oh, uh, this one is very interesting because it's a whole lot worse than Guns of Summer. <sighs> oh, and uh, here's what I wrote in my notes here. This feels like a mistake to include. It's got a lot of mid-tempo noodling that goes nowhere. Even if you dislike Guns of Summer, this is surely worse. Wow. Wow. Molly. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Molly. Wow. 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 Um, wow. Okay, I'm just going to go. You, everybody listening, you too can uh, just cyber bully Molly and Jackson like this <laughs> if you pay them $120. If you pay me, I will allow you to cyber bully me. <laughs> uh, the End Complete 3, The End Complete. Oh, End Complete 3, The End Complete is uh, worse than Guns of Summer. Shut the fuck up! I hate this! <laughs> well, um, all you have to do is name some of the really good songs, and those are going to be better than Guns of Summer. Right, I'm, I'm, I'm now going through in order, because we're now at, like, the, the hits. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Time Consumer. So much better than Guns of Summer. Cousin's hey, best song. Oh, God. All right. Uh, easy. High fives in the, in the NASA room. <laughs> <laughs> Mission status sick. <laughs> everything evil so the thing about everything evil is that it's only like a 5 out of 10 or so <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it... dumb as fuck <laughs> we're so fucking stupid um, no this is much better okay, okay. alright alright we're, we're fine we're fine yeah. uh, god send conspirator uh, conspirator conspirator because I've always called I've always said conspirator um, even though I know the word conspirator no, that's, that's, and, and, yeah. and, and, and every other context would say conspirator yeah. I say god send Conspirator. That's very fair. Conspirator. That's very I fair. Know. I just had Coheed brain while I was listening to Coheed, but that clearly <laughs> says God said Conspirator. You can just imagine Claudio, Claudio singing Conspirator. <laughs> it's so perfect. Just put it in the same. It's got the same syllables as Time Consumer. Conspirator. <laughs> By the way, uh, it's worse than Guns of Summer. Oh, oh my oh. God. Oh my God, money. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm skipping over uh, IKS. Uh-huh. Um, three evils. Worse. Uh, three did evils. You, did you oh. say worse? I said worse, yeah. Oh. Oh, my mm. God. This one's close, uh, but it's worse. I think like three, I'll take solace three and close. has a really, really good hook that shows up like in the last minute of the song. Um, well, yeah, the no, outro the is the best part. Good too. But the part's good too. Oh, the verses are great. The hook's great. It's just that there's like three minutes of shit other than that for some reason, you know? What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Look, this one's close. Three Evils is a great song. It's just that Guns of Summer is like a slightly better great song. Yeah, she said this is close. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm being really uh, nice to you, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> I am being the so crow. gracious right now. The, did you I say know. the crowing? The crowing. Oh, yes. that one's worse. Whoa! My, uh, the, I will say, my opinion on the crowing has gone down over the years, but wow. Uh, my notes here are that I spent my teen years cyberbullying guys on forums who listen to proggy metal that sounds exactly like this. I can't turn my back on my past. <laughs> 
The Camp of Valorium 2, Back into Forever. This is this is one of mine. I, I don't think Molly even likes this song. Okay. Um, Molly, uh, you'll be glad to know that I think this is worse than uh, Guns of Summer. No, I won't, because I think it's a better song than Guns of Summer. I'm going to throw this. Uh, do you know Camp of Valorium 1, Faint of Hearts? Oh, uh, no. No, sorry. All right, that's not fine. I will not ask head. you about this at the moment. That's fine. Cuckoo Kachoo. <laughs> Cuckoo Kachoo! Fuck. Um... Althorza's favor house Atlantic, whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> Althadius' favor, I think, is the same. Althadius' favor's house Atlantic. Um, a favorite house Atlantic is maybe the best pop punk song of all time. So okay, obviously, good. thank you. It yeah, is yes. better than something that's in like maybe the top third of mathcore songs by a big margin. <laughs> uh, welcome home. Uh, worse than Guns of Summer. Hmm. It would have been a lot better if that outro hadn't gone for like two minutes you know, that's, of oh, that's fair that is a long outro some would, say they're still doing that to this day <laughs> that's another one that's really close and like an that's edit. what it sounds like on howling earth constantly <laughs> oh. Oh. Whoa. Yeah, occasionally the howling earth calls people whores it's really inappropriate <laughs> it's fucked up I thought that I heard the howling earth say barking apple of doom the other day <laughs> <laughs> Um, the, uh, the suffering. Come on, obviously it's better. But the crowings, what? The, I just don't fucking understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, the great thing about the suffering is that it's a whole lot better than the crowing. Um, yes, that's suffering true. Is, suffering is a jam. Something's yeah. Uh, the Winning World 2, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. Uh, no. Not better than Guns of Summer. Oh my god. Oh my god! No one runs faster than you eat. No one runs faster. Uh, actually, uh, I think the you'll find f- that Chris Penny's drum lines run faster. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, the winning, yeah. Mm-hmm. The winning of three, Apollo 2, The Telling Truth. Uh, yes, this is uh, probably my favorite one of their like big, long, multi-movement songs. Uh, it rules, and it is a lot better oh, than Guns of Summer. Yeah, you thought somebody calling someone was a whore was bad. <laughs> oh, Boy, yo. we got one up for you. Ooh, buddy. Um, it's also that <laughs> again, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, no one for tomorrow. Uh, so this one I think is gonna piss you guys off because yes, I do think it's better than Guns of Summer, which also means I think it's oh better God. than a lot of the songs that you think are way better than it. Holy <laughs> shit, Molly! <laughs> Molly. <laughs> I'm looking away from my screen right now, I cannot look upon my Audacity file. I hate this. <laughs> You know what you're complicit in right now. Yeah. You took my blood, um, buddy. We're going to put this out into the world after this. The, the broken? broken. Uh, no, no, sorry. It's not better than this. Um, it's fine. Okay. And we have uh, the, the finale been now. A softball for me. In Keeping Secrets of Silent Earth 3 is better than Guns of Summer. Yes! <sighs> <laughs> <sighs> Oh, good. Oh, I managed to make you guys like sigh in relief and cry out yes. This extremely basic thing of like (laughs) the song that's obviously one of their best and most iconic of all time is better than like an album song off their worst record. (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, I, I truly thought that would go the other way. No, um, I mean, here's the thing. I still think that in Keeping Secrets, like it has two bridges too many. 
Like, there is still two and a half minutes between the second chorus and the start of the reprise. But yes. the chorus and the, the especially the, the final reprise, they're just so good. They are yeah, the, unassailable. So the the bit in the middle where he's like, you know, noodling for a while. Yes, I I, I agree. Uh, yeah. But then they kick it up again. And they all go whoa. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, whoa, yeah. See, so we're we're ending on a note of unity here. Yes, we can all come together. Yeah. Uh, and agree that that's better. Mm-hmm. Thank God. See, wasn't that a pleasant segment where we all had like yeah, a really fun time? <laughs> uh, the thing is, we're not even done with the podcast. We have one more segment. We have another segment we are going to do. Oh, um, of course. If, if it was just Molly and I, we would push off because the podcast is going long. But uh, I know mm-hmm. that, uh, Hannah, you wanted to be here for this. Oh, yes. So we will do it now. Just You'll just get a 90-minute podcast. I hope you're all happy with Yeah, I hope you're all happy about this. Uh, the next ones will not be that long. <laughs> no. <laughs> um. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna intro this during our during our break. Um. We we went past Christmas where Coheed and Cambria had put out a music video, an animated music video for their uh, new song off of the album Vaxis Act One: The Unheavenly Creatures, uh, for Toys, which is one of the best songs on the album uh, easily. Even though it's got a really weird long intro and a really weird like cut in the middle of it. But whatever. Um, it has the bridge and build up twice for some reason. Twice. I don't, yeah, it's, it is unknowable why they did this. <laughs> but uh, they put out a very, very politically charged music video um, back in December for this song. And we, I have not watched it because I felt like I didn't need to. Um, Jackson, you have also not watched it. Um, so we were going to watch it together because it's about um it's about trump everybody all right this, this has everyone the got the video, video at zero zero mm-hmm. i do yes okay i need those fingers on the play button it's time to subject ourselves to this i will count down uh three two one go um three we are going two one go well i guess we could just talk about baseball for the minute while it takes to build up <laughs> Oh right, no, uh, no there's images. No, there's image there's imagery going on. The world is engulfed in orange smoke. Alright, we got a kid here, um, and he's writing a letter to Santa. It feels like and there's he's a, a Pikachu Gajinka. Yeah. Dear Santa, I want to be president of the United States of America. Um Yeah, and he's got you know, Pikachu. I, f- I feel like the blush on his cheeks is uh he's the racist. color is kind of um significant. Like who else do we know? <laughs> That's orange. It's hard to say. Also, he drew he drew a gun on his letter to Santa, and it said North Pole with an F. Yeah. Uh, um, oh, now he's now he's got the Trump hat. He's opening a present, and oh no, it's not the presidency. It's just a cowboy doll. Which is like a reasonable Uh-oh. guess, given that he had the gun in his letter. So you know, cowboy yeah. has a gun. Cowboy had a gun. He just threw uh, it and he broke a picture. That was fucked up, Baby Trump. He, he, yeah, Baby Trump threw the thing and broke the picture. And oh, Santa's leaving. But what could this letter that has just come through be? It's the same letter. It's the they same letter. He still one. wants to be president. He keeps writing it every year. Also, he keeps writing president. Well, you said because uh, the the Cheeto in chief, as I like to call him, is very stupid. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's getting uh, he's more and more angry fit. and feral at the presents which he is receiving, which are not the presidency yet. He got a pony. There was a part where he got a pony for Christmas and he's mad. Looks like Santa's having a, an averse emotional reaction to this. Oh, this elf has a bunch of orange on it. What's going on? This elf? This elf is Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, now we've got a present with a uh, big orange bow, and it looks like an adult Mr. Trump. Oh my god! <laughs> Jackson, do you want to describe what's happening? Coming out of it. Yeah. The orange blast is coming out of everyone's phone. Trump has won the election. Trump has got the presidency. Everyone's phones are turning orange. The, 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 the orange is everywhere. Orange is taking over the world. The, 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 ah! <laughs> orange stars on the flag for the United States of America. So, Fucking incredible. Okay, so the implication here is that Trump got elected specifically because Santa Claus finally was like, damn, female, if you like mail me 50 times and you gotta... Alright, we've got some zombies in this crowd in a Trump rally that have people kind of like orange hats. Yeah, they've got like orange hats or like some of them with like orange eyes and fangs. That's really yeah. funny because they already have a certain color of hats! <laughs> yeah, why didn't they just use the red hats? I the don't Trump know. movement, well known for its World divided! Breaking, Breaking news. news, world divided. Yeah. Um, Live. Because the only color is orange, they've just shown like convicts dressed in orange. I oh, think oh, Santa's red. Okay, uh, that's why they can't use the red hats. Yes, Santa's like, oh no, I'm raiding the president. What's what, what's happened here? This the is Russian really the song, left. by the way. He was like, oh fuck, I got caught. Shit, fuck. Oh, he had Trump marked on his naughty, but he still got the presidency. Now this elf is like, bro, I need to get out of here. Bro, where's my Uber? Oh, oh shit, it's Mrs. Claus, she's gonna murk that elf. <laughs> this is what Santa likes to do, he just sits on the edge of the North Pole. If this iceberg doesn't break because of global warming, this video sucks. <laughs> I love, by the way, how like the only idea of a relationship between Santa and Mrs. Claus that Claudio can conceive of is the same one that he does for all his other romantic relationships, <laughs> where it's like Santa's like, damn, I'm a fuck-up and my life's stupid and I'm an idiot who ruined everything, but my wife's here to make everything better again. Oh, yeah, it's so good when my wife fixes my angry life! <laughs> uh, Santa's doing the world's first Halo drop. <laughs> <laughs> Why is this a horny the Santa's plane! Why? Santa airdropping into New York. Or is that the... Uh, no, it's Washington, D.C. Excuse me. Yeah. He's going after the White oh. House. He's going after the White House. They're, they're sending cruise missiles at Santa who's coming to attack the White House, but he's, he's dove away. He's parachuting into the White House. Santa will save us. Yeah, you know, I, I have to say this video's theory of political change is not really robust. <laughs> More or uh, less robust than the Year of the Black Rainbow novel. Wait, <laughs> yeah. why did this guy break his own gun? He did put out his gun and then break it on his knee. <laughs> why does... He shot him with coal. 
And now Santa's beating people up with his candy cane. Oh, but he's got and, a shotgun that shoots And now cold. it's the cover of Doom. Yeah. What the fuck is happening in this video? What is... What... What is this? I, we're not... Ex we're not making this up. You can go watch this yourself. Like, this is all true. Everything we've said has been true. This is also the exact video that I would come up with to make fun of Claudio's political ideology. <laughs> Trump is standing on his desk putting up an ornament, and now he's happy that Santa's here, but Santa looks at him all mad, and Trump is like, oh. Fucking kill him! Kill him, Santa! Santa isn't even gonna kill him? No! Fuck! No! Yeah. No! The yeah, ending sorry. is Santa bringing... <laughs> bringing... Oh, story by Claudio Sanchez, huh? <laughs> uh, Jackson, what happens in the ending of this video? The ending of the video, the final shot, uh, is a hard cut to Trump laid out over Santa's knee and having his bottom spanked. Like the bad orange boy that he is. We're spanking you for fucking up the Electoral College or whatever. Trump is finished. Bro, how's he gonna get reelected after that? Yeah, after this video, he is done for. <laughs> he like, is fucking done I for. I mean, here's the thing. Like, this is unintentionally like a perfect microcosm of liberal analysis in that it's like, look, Trump is the greatest threat to democracy of all time. Like, everything was fine until he used his big orange laser to mind control everyone into being evil zombies and starting wars and everything. And what we are going to do in response to that is spank him and not grant him more Christmas wishes. It's fucking... It's... It, I, sorry, I'm still recovering. <laughs> it's, it's, it's rough. Molly, so, I believe you had found some reactions from. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I got some. I got some this. choice Reddit posts. Uh, this this Don't. dropped. Yes, <laughs> yes, Jackson. That was just that was just in reaction to you. I wasn't interrupting. Yeah, <laughs> um, there was a big pause, so it was much more embarrassing than I meant it to be. And now I've so, commented on it, so I can't take it out. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, um. So. User granolis on. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna call people out. They're not listening to this. Gus um, says S. <laughs> one month ago, posted as a longtime Coheed fan and a Trump supporter. I feel I've been divided uh, by their music for having a certain political opinion. I get it. People hate Trump, but literally being portrayed as orange brain while zombies getting killed, it's hard not to take that personally. Sucks to be on the opposite side of things, to be honest. Always felt like a Coheed family, even now it doesn't. My favorite band since 2005, calling its fans brainwashed zombies and killing them. The point of the video was Trump is dividing the country, but it divided your fan base in the process. Um, to which the genius Rystrat88 replies, Santa was shooting coal. I don't think anyone died. <laughs> um, um caboose 69ing posted it's hard not to take that personally as a quote and yeah. said no it's really not stop caring about the way others perceive you the only one who's be comfortable with you is you uh, uh caboose 69ing like is my caboose favorite 69ing. <laughs> caboose 69ing Strawberry Coco says the thing that's the thing about family. Sometimes you jam tunes together, sometimes you butt heads. It's not really a holiday until somebody starts a politics fight. Um, Santa started a politics fight. <laughs> Santa started a politics fight, everybody. Um Let's see. I'm never gonna be feeling shame 
or embarrassment when it comes to my creative endeavors ever again. Ever? No, you don't have to. <laughs> Thinking um, about like, ever, uh, like, look at this. One of those like expo- uh, expository segments at the start of a Year of the Black Rainbow chapter that says, Wilhelm Ride started a politics fight among defense. <laughs> um, another another good uh, separate post from the last one to those upset by the toys video from Euron Storm Drain Dane uh, <laughs> says if you never expected that Coheed would be against big dumb uh, parentheses Trump power regimes that promote hate instead of care about all people that love you that love music unite and fight against oppression I say you still have the right to be a heat fan but you should definitely take a step back and look at yourself because Claudio's been writing and making music against us forever fucking rock and metal is born in this idea you idiots um and- what what among the Kohi's music has in any way mm-hmm. been like a stand against bad authoritarian politicians like i get ryan ryan's just a bad guy and the the music's about how he hates women and himself (laughs) like the like i understand what they mean i have also reading it i know the story like i get it how you get here there were Um, the the songs are about women the songs are about his girlfriends um, there were people who are trying to kind of squint at the dark sentencer and being like damn is is claudio coming out against prison privatization Yes, that um, is extremely something that happened. Yeah, so, like, people have read that stuff into his music before. And also, like, you know, he did obviously do the funnier Die novelty songs um, where he was making fun of Republican political figures. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, 90% of it is just, you know, uh, we're gonna kill women a whole bunch, but, like, only really, really, really fucking hot ones. Um, and in the other 10% <laughs> is like, there's this bad dictator man that's really bad in a really politically non-specific way, other than just he's evil. He's just evil. He's just evil. That's just how it is. Yeah. Um, couple couple replies to this post from Slim Lovin one month ago says, imagine liking this band and rooting for obese Wilhelm Ryan. JK, Ryan was smart and at least one person was his friend. Mayo is not his friend. <laughs> Please get this right. <laughs> Mayo is Mayo's friend. <laughs> Mayo is not accept this Mayo slander. Do we have any other Reddit not. posts? Or are we... Um, no other good posts. I got one okay. last comment uh, from CanCon Firmamug who said it's brilliant. Love the spanking at the end. Which boy, <laughs> he's posted Lots to that unpack here. on the wrong website. <laughs> yeah, this is not the place to do that. Um, people talking about inclusion, dislike it because it was pointless. Nothing to the current political discourse. Um, so, you know, that's, uh, that's that. I feel like my soul is just, like, evaporated. You know that Winnie the Pooh gif? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. From Kingdom yeah, Hearts, that, yeah. That, from Kingdom Hearts, yeah, that's how I feel. I feel like Winnie the Pooh and Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, right now. <laughs> oh, God. Um, hang on, there's, a. Uh... Imagine if, like, any unironic Coheed fans were just introduced to Kingdom Hearts, and they could get all of their, like, elaborate plotting and, you know, talk about, like, the nature of souls and what it means to, you know, kind of be a uh, hero across these different manifestations and not have any of the coheed shit attached to it that would just be really safer for everyone yeah just just get into kingdom um, hearts it's easy it's very easy um here's a um <laughs> the last it's really post. easy to get the kingdom hearts <laughs> famously simple series famously so yeah all right last post um 
last post is from Claudio himself, who posted an image of the, about a third of the key work that says, It wouldn't be the holidays without a family feud. Children of the fence, we love you all. In the end, you're all souls of the key work. All lives matter. <laughs> Um, so thank you, thank you, Claudio, for Claudio for... P. Sanchez did say that all lives matter. <laughs> uh, I will never not laugh at Claudio P. Sanchez in his uh, in his name. Um, it's good. Okay. Um, yeah, so that's um, that's a toys music video. Fucking incredible stuff. Thank you. Can um, I? Can I just? I I found Claudio Sanchez post with um, twenty three replies. That is posting the the, the, the video. Um, yes, please, God. Just just some just some Claudia replies. Um, the uh, Sindiferous says this is the music the world needs. Uh, the music video the world needs. Kahid and Kimbria says Santa is the hero we need. Uh, T Harrison Dev says, "Damn it, the set of frames that was just the Doom cover art got me." Good vid, ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> April Pelkey one says, "I've loved you guys since the first minute I heard you. Got married to a fellow Coheed lover. He even has a keywork tattoo. Unfortunately, both of us are disappointed in this. Never thought you would all stoop so low to get involved in politics." <laughs> um, well, get which over I guess having it's... a keywork tattoo when that bad like explicitly hates you. <laughs> uh, that rules. That's very funny. Uh, there's nothing. They're all just variations of this. There's no. I'm doing a scroll. Can't find any other, any other hits. Uh, oh, there's one hit which is amazing. Hashtag impeach and convict. A lot of, a lot of love. This. Thank you for this. Amazing commentary, not only of current events, but also the danger of complacency and passivity in the face of corruption and evil. Proud to be one among the fence. What? What, bro? It's about sunset spanking Trump. That's Praxis, Jackson. <laughs> How the fuck is Santa specking Trump about anything? <laughs> what are we meant to learn from this? Damn, all the all the awful things you've been doing are bad. You're on the naughty list now, Trump. Got him. Uh, does anyone... I know, one more thing. I think the funniest thing about this um, is the fact that we all know Everybody knows for like a fact that Trump doesn't want to be president. <laughs> right, yes. He doesn't like it. He hates it. He complains about it all the time. He wants to stand on a stage and have people yell at him now how good he is. Like he's not a complicated person. He's not a fucking power hungry dictator. He's like a you know, I mean like he is a fascist leader who wants to maintain power, but his I'm saying that their view of his psychology is dumb. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Anyway. I've been owned by telling them off for this. Like, didn't you know that Trump didn't want to be a, a fucking dictator when he was four? <laughs> so I was writing the Santa Claus. And like, I'm the idiot now. Yeah, he's wanted this forever. Yeah, you're uh, you're at the anti-Ryan protest now. I'm at the anti-Ryan <laughs> protest now. I'm like, damn, that girl hot as hell as she dies, and then I get shot in the face. <laughs> I'm at the toys music video. I'm at the peaceful protest. <laughs> I'm at the combination <laughs> the toys music video and peaceful protests. Uh, thank you very much to everyone for listening. This has been the longest episode of the Amory Score that we will ever fucking make. Um, who wants to go for plug zone? Uh, uh, I think Hannah plugs? should go first. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm just on Twitter at Hannah Yolo. Uh, that's H A N N A H Y O L E A U. 
Uh, and follow me if you want to hear more incredibly stupid jokes like the ones you heard on this episode. Absolutely. Do that. Yeah, Molly. Um, you can find me on Twitter at your friend Molly, the Y-E-R. Uh, you can find me at audioentropy.com. You can find me at patreon.com slash Molly Rainback. Nice. You can find me at headfallsoff on twitter.com. You can find the other podcasts that I do at abnormalmapping.com, uh, mostly with my friend M. Uh, there's a whole bunch there, uh, including the Game Club Normal Mapping, which is just coming up on episode 100. But with that said, thank you very much for listening. Thank you so much uh, to Hannah for being on, on this episode with us. Of course. It was lovely and to was be on. And again, yeah. so sorry for my horrible Coheed takes. <laughs> we all have been there, I think. Mm. Just kidding. I've never been there.